Hello and welcome to On the Outskirts. With me, Sophia Rosemary and Alice Catherine. We're both bloggers living and working in the heart of Manchester and this podcast is inspired by living on the outskirts of the London blogging bubble. I guess we should start by saying that we apologise that there's been a bit of a gap in uh, the recordings. This is our first official episode, but we've now tried to record this about three or four times, maybe yeah. something like that. Um, the technical gods haven't been on our side, basically. Um, we've had the worst luck. Yeah, we've had a bit of bad luck. And <laughs> just the logistics of like the um, the podcast art and then the producing and all that kind of stuff um, just took a bit longer to get together than we thought it would. Yeah, so we were basically just a little bit naive to how much um, creating a podcast actually entails. Um, And I think we've both now got a newfound respect for all podcasters out there because it's actually really complicated. (laughs) It's complicated and especially because we're recording it ourselves. Well, we're trying to anyway. Um, (laughs) So we've just had to get to grips with all that kind of stuff anyway, but... Yeah, that's probably quite a boring start. <laughs> yeah, it is. But yeah, we recorded our first episode on International Women's Day, um, so it's been obviously some time since then. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I feel like I haven't actually seen you in a while. Yeah, we've not seen you. Well, other than the first time that we tried to record this episode. Yeah. And we had a bit of a meltdown. Uh, we've not seen each other since then, have we? So. No, not like for a proper Flora a proper cap, chin cap shot. <laughs> so what have you been up to? Um, I feel like this has actually been, the last few weeks have been like, maybe a little unsocial. So I've just been doing a lot of like life admin um, and sort of starting from the drawing board again. I feel like I got to a point at the beginning of this year where I felt like everything was just getting on top of me a bit. So I've kind of spent a few weeks indoors by myself, going through emails, sort of going through my to-do list. How about you? I've been the same really. Um, I think sometimes as well when you're you're a bit quieter online, there's often more stuff going on behind the scenes as well and I felt like that a bit recently. Lots of stuff happening with the new jewellery collection that I do Ooh. with um, Michaela Lyons, um, for those of you that don't know. Um, so yeah, we've got the new collection coming out this summer. Um, but yeah, again, lots of like things with that that have kind of been up and down and lots of different things that have needed changing. So yeah, just lots of... Lots of kind of um, planning and organising behind the scenes, I think. Well, fun planning, you're yeah, enjoying it. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it, yeah. And it's taught me a lot of um, new skills, I think, like patience. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so like a design, designing and doing something kind of tangible is just so different to the kind of stuff that we, we're in control of online. Completely. You have to kind of become a jack of all trades, don't you? Yeah. So whenever, and I guess it's the same with the podcast, whenever you take on a new venture, it's like basically starting from scratch again. It is, yeah. And I think you're just 100% winging it, really, aren't you, with everything? <laughs> yeah, new, unofficially, so. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely lots of learning curves. Um, but yeah, I've been enjoying writing on my blog again and stuff like that. Um, and just planning planning the summer months, really, um, and upcoming trips and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, nothing too exciting. <laughs> have you been watching anything, reading anything at the minute? What have I been watching? Um, I've been what been been watched, <laughs> binge watched quite a few series recently. Um, Fleabag being one of them. Um, I don't think I'm the only one that's binge watched that. So I think no, everybody just, just a little unknown show know, called yeah. Fleabag. <laughs> um, absolutely love that. Um, just find Phoebe Waller-Bridge in general just so inspiring when She's it comes to writing and just. 
being a boss lady basically being an absolute boss lady <laughs> um oh line of duty obviously that's another another one See, that nobody's heard <laughs> this is no do you know what though because just before we were recording i was talking about how i've been watching game of thrones and obviously i'm sure loads of you do and how the last episode was so intense and alice was like i don't watch it and yeah. i was like how how have you not watched it but then again i've never watched line of duty and I feel like that's another one of those ones that everyone watches and I don't know how it's it sort of evaded it's me. It's the same kind of, I mean, I don't think it's as intensive as Game of Thrones. No, Game of Thrones. It's that same like... kind of show where everybody's on the edge of their seats and uh-huh. um, people die quite a bit and stuff like that. Not not the same as Game of Thrones, obviously. But, but still like a, a big, like a cult, <laughs> a cult following, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, 100%, yeah. I, I think what it is with Game of Thrones, I feel like it's gone too far for me to dip into it now and I'm just a bit like... See, Alice says this, but I was trying to explain to Alice <laughs> that if you start watching it, you'll get so addicted to it that you will literally blitz like a few seasons in the matter of like a week or two. I, I don't think my anxious <laughs> composition could take it. I'm yeah. already anxious enough on a daily basis. I'm just like, do I really need to throw that into the mix? Do you know I what? see people having full on breakdowns. About it, it, on, like... it is, yeah, it, honestly, <laughs> it's a fair point. After the last episode, I'm not even exaggerating here. It finished. I left Joe, my boyfriend, in the living room and I genuinely went upstairs and sat in our bedroom in a quiet room just cuddling my dog, like just staring into space. Like I genuinely needed like a breather. Yeah, so I don't so, have a dog so maybe it's not safe. Well, I mean, you can borrow a pet. <laughs> Anytime. Um, like what dog? Ah, <laughs> uh, you never lend me a dog. Um, oh, I don't want to keep babbling on about Game of Thrones because I feel like I'm getting really obsessive over it. I did just finish reading an amazing book though and to be fair actually this book it's called The Braid and it's by I feel like I say her name wrong it's Letitia Columbani I hope I'm pronouncing that right mm-hmm. um it is my, my book club book or should I say read of this month mm-hmm. so I don't want to go on too much about it but um what I will say is yeah I finished it last night and it is absolutely incredible it's very inspiring um it's basically revolves around three women, all from different walks of life, and how they each overcome an issue in their lives, all completely different. And then at the end, it's kind of how they all interlink. Um, and I realise I've just given a really vague synopsis of it, but it's completely empowering. And it kind of deals with the the idea that um, women across all walks of life face some type of sexual discrimination at some point. Mm-hmm. Um Sorry, that was a bit intense, but yeah. Yeah, that was good. And that's on Instagram TV for people that want to find it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So um, that episode's not come out yet, so I will record it soon. But yeah, just no, I think to... that's a really, it's a really good way of um, making sure that you're reading consistently as well, because I think that's what I struggle with. I'll go on holiday or I'll have a trip or a long train journey and I'll really get into a book. But yeah. for me, I'm really all or nothing with books. So if I start something, I then need to know that I can sit and finish that book for the next five hours. I find it get really that. hard to just then go and live my life and then dip back into it. And yeah. And I forget the chapter before or so. You yeah. get the guilt as well with I books, guilt, don't you? Yeah. So, so it's like, I'll start blitzing a book and then I'll stop and it'll be like a week before I re-pick it back up. But yeah. for every day of that week, I'll be thinking like, must read that must book. Must read it, yeah. And then when it's been too long, you feel like you need to start the beginning again. Yeah. I've done that a few times where I just forget and... Especially when you're reading, so we obviously read a lot of blog posts and things online and write our own stuff. Yeah. Sometimes you just, I find it difficult. You're so good with that. Like <clears throat> you're you're much better with um, 
you watch a lot of series, you watch a lot of uh, blogs, you read a lot of blogs. I feel like I, I, I'm i really bad for dipping in and out of that. Like I'll go mm. through phases, but I, I'm def- I definitely don't feel like I've got my finger on the pulse like you do. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> you do? It's a nice compliment. I'm like, I'm like that it's come across like that. But um, well, a lot of it comes down to being freelance, I think, and not being in an office where I'm kind of bouncing off people or you know I, I find it easier to digest the news through different podcasts and listening to somebody somebody that I admire their views in general digest something that's in the news rather than switching on the news I don't know I find it more it's yeah. more engaging and I just feel like it keeps me stimulated as well because sometimes there's a day where I've not spoken to anyone and I'm just like Jesus this is not helping <laughs> I need to know there's an outside world yeah, out there um at the minute I'm obsessed with Dak Shepard's podcast armchair expert for the for any of you that um don't know which one that I'm going on about but it's amazing I really I really like him I don't know why he's just what does he deal with um is that a, that's is that a weird question what does he deal what with? does he deal with what <laughs> subjects what does, does he, he broach <laughs> um all different people on there like he had um I was listening to one the other day with Nora Jones um when, oh, yeah. and she like sung a, a few songs for him and stuff and just people that I kind of look at them I look at the episode title and think oh I'm not sure if I'm that interested in this person and then I listen and they've always got something really interesting to say. Oh, I love it when that happens. Yeah. And he had one as well with, um, I think it was a doctor or somebody who worked in um, health technology. I don't know if that's the right term. Yeah. Right term. But talking about how basically in the future that there's going to be apps where you can upload your um, information, you know, like uh, say if you go and get test results for something. Yeah. And, and they were talking about how now when you go into... Um, a GP or a doctor's office, the communication is just becoming less and less, like the human interaction. How, you know, maybe when you went when you were a kid, you would have eye contact and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, I went to a doctor's appointment um, the other day, so it really resonated with me. And he was saying how most of the time they're just typing in the data on the computer, they don't, they don't even look at yeah. you. And it was just talking all about that and how the healthcare system is going to progress. And... It's it's so, tr- it's so true, that, because they were, they were talking about this on... Um... Jeremy Vine the other day. I love Jeremy Vine. I'm such a middle-aged lady when it comes to Radio 2 and Jeremy Vine. They were talking about how um, different supermarkets want to, I think, I can't remember which particular chain it is, but they want to basically make the whole thing contactless. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's similar. It's really sad for, like, the elderly, really. Like, they yeah, will probably go, yeah. In the day, yeah. So they'll be going to the doctors and speaking to that receptionist will mm-hmm. actually add something yeah to their day I mean and this is no we're not bashing the NHS obviously at all here because obviously it's one of the great things we have um but I, I, I do sometimes think because a lot especially with me with a lot of the illnesses and things that I've suffered with and um, my my female health issues that I've suffered with which we'll speak about in another episode I'm sure a lot of these were silent things that didn't really have symptoms yeah. that were on show and I think a lot of the time they are just looking for kind of you know you check your temperature you're not dying right okay yeah in and out and it, is, no, it does kind of feel a bit like that sometimes so it's difficult there's really, no empathy or yeah. emotion that yeah you really have to kind of stand your ground a bit in there don't you and be like no I'm not okay please help yeah, <laughs> so, so yeah. okay so that was quite an interesting <clears throat> podcast then yeah I'll, I'll link... I mean we've just been talking about it and I haven't even watched it so I mean, listen to it he's really so. interesting I think I can't remember what films he's been in um he's an actor but he always plays like the douche kind of guy in like American films I think Dak Shepard and he looks the spit of the guy from Scrubs. Right. I'm gonna... People always confuse him with him. Oh, yes. Do you know, I know who I mean? mean? Yes, I do. And he always wears dungarees. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do know who you mean. He's married to Kristen Bell. I missed out that massive detail as well. 
Um, is it? Yeah, she's on one of his first ever episodes that they did, and it's so interesting. Their relationship is just, I really admire their relationship in the way they just talk through things and just completely accept each other. Yeah, I just think he has a really good outlook. Um, so I'll link I'll link a few of those episodes in the show notes as well. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll link Game of Thrones. No, I won't do that. <laughs> um, so this is our first official episode. Yeah. So we were thinking because we are swiftly approaching summer and it's... Hopefully. I know. Nice oh, I, I feel like I'm saying that and it's been just terrible weather all weekend. Um, but... I think we're all reaching that time of year and I don't know if anyone else does it or it's just me and Alice mm. but you almost have to prepare yourself for your summer wardrobe yeah. like you have to sort of give yourself that confidence boost to oh, be that's able how to... we're made to feel at least yeah it? it's all this big kind of summer preparation to do almost yeah um so yeah we thought for this episode we would discuss body image um so obviously just want to say, just give like a brief trigger trigger warning here, just for anybody who's maybe feeling a bit um, rubbish at the minute or thinks that um, a discussion on body image uh, might trigger some negative feelings or something that you're going through currently. This might not be the episode for you to listen to right now, although we do hope that this is going to be an uplifting episode. Yeah. Um, we just want to talk really candidly yeah, just, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That was so professional of you, by the way. I really oh, I love that little disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I took it really seriously. I was like, right, okay, noted. Sometimes when the um, the words come out in the right combination, it's almost like I'm having an out-of-body experience. <laughs> yeah, because, like, yeah, because it doesn't happen often. <laughs> I know, normally I'm like tongue-tied. Yeah. If but, we're going to be talking about body, yeah. we should maybe um, start off by explaining how we feel about our bodies right now yeah seems like a simple place to start I think I'd be lying if I told you I was completely happy with my body Mm -hmm. um and I think that probably goes for every man and woman out there I'd definitely say that I'm there are parts that I'm definitely within my body that I'm definitely insecure about but I think at the ripe old age of 30 I think I may be more accepting of my body than I used to be. Everybody says that, that when yeah. you start getting into your 30s, that you, my mum says it all the time. She's just like, oh, you just get to the point where you don't give a shit. And I'm just like, yeah. And is that day coming? <laughs> yeah, like any day now, please. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. also not comforting in a way because it's like, well, I'd quite like to enjoy my body now, please. <laughs> well, yeah, and maybe that's a bit of a useless thing to say, like, yeah. oh, one day you just won't care. Yeah. But I don't think it's not caring. I think it's that I've reached a point where there are parts of my body that I'm really insecure about. Like, I really hate my um, my hips, which may seem like a weird one, the top of my arms. These probably all seem like things that we're probably all a bit insecure about. Yeah. I'm not a massive fan of my butt. I'm basically, I'm li- I love it how I'm basically just listing every part of my body like, I hate this. What's I hate left? That. Yeah. <laughs> I've, what I've learned to do is maybe just embrace the parts I do love and mm. you only have one body and you kind of have to embrace it where you can yeah and I think something that we something that we both have as kind of advice is clothes and style and sometimes dressing your body dressing around those insecurities can massively help the way you see your body as well because all it takes for me is to put on an outfit that I feel crap in and then I start picking at different parts of my body. Oh, 100%. Because your your clothing is basically your second skin. Yeah. So I think if you feel comfortable in that, I think that it's all about learning what kind of works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess in terms of my body, I, I guess I definitely, I'm not completely satisfied with it, but I'm certainly not as over critical as I, 
as I was at one point in my life. Yeah. Um, I recently did like my first swimwear shoot a couple oh, of weeks yeah. ago. Um, and oh my God, I was just completely overanalyzing, overthinking the shoot. Like I was mm. really nervous leading up to it. Um, and did it with the wonderful Rosie Butcher, who's um, the talented photographer I use for all my blog shoots. Um, and having a good ph- photographer's key oh, as well, yeah. somebody who makes you feel at ease as well behind the yeah. camera. Yeah, just... and just who knows who knows what you what you will like and mm-hmm. what works for you and what works for your body without making Rosie sound a bit creepy. Yeah. Um, the images came back. I was like, these are these are fine like yeah. this is no different to me wearing short shorts and a cami top in summer but yeah in my mind because it was that word swimsuit that dreaded word mm. I guess it just had connotations with it about having like a swimsuit ready body that was just kind of yeah. freaking me out I don't know do you think because people won't know this but you you don't swim do you, you don't like water you have a fear yes that. do you think it's linked to that somehow and it's not something that's familiar or that you I guess when you put a swimsuit on, you're then excited to go and swim. But for you, yeah. the two aren't connected. So it's almost like a... A hundred percent. So um, I have a big, I'd say irrational fear, because I don't know where it's coming from, mm. fear of water. So I can't swim. I've um, tried to like psychoanalyze you many times. About this, <laughs> yeah, you like, have. Yeah. So tell me about your childhood. <laughs> Were there any weird lifetimes? <laughs> <laughs> um, but there aren't any. Nothing's ever mm. happened to me. Um in water like I've not sort of like fallen in a lake and nearly yeah, drowned I may have repressed a memory like that. <laughs> yeah along the way um but yeah so whenever I've been on holiday I generally go on city holidays which yeah. are actually I do prefer them as well I'm not one for basking in the sun I just get really impatient I'm more of a doer than a baver if that makes sense yeah you don't like just kind of soaking up the sun and lounging yeah. around yeah I've got to be sort of sightseeing yeah so I've always um successfully managed to avoid um beach holidays um but this year especially I am going on a more of a beachy holiday for my friend's 30th I feel like you're really gonna get into it on this holiday for some reason I, I don't know why yeah. I feel like I'm confident that you're gonna be like I, I hope so because you know what it has actually fish flounder after <laughs> <laughs> there'll be no swimming but I will be wearing a swimsuit I'll get you some sexy armbands or like a little a little rubber ring <laughs> situation yeah some sort I mean there'll be a lot of I'll be wearing a lot of cover-ups but yeah I have been consciously consciously shopping for swimsuits more this year and I completely yeah I think you've hit the nail on the head I think a lot of my nervousness about mm. swimsuits actually comes from the fact that they are unfamiliar to me yeah. I've always made a point to avoid them so yeah that's kind of the summary of how I'm feeling about my body now how about you um yeah I mean pretty much the same to be honest I mean I'm approaching 30 late 20s um, and I definitely don't agonize over things as much as I did um, in my early 20s and teenage years yeah but I I'm someone who's fluctuated I've been many different sizes I've been overweight at times and I've also been underweight at times I've had weird eating habits um I won't say you know not weird but you know I mean yeah. I've had eating habits that aren't um healthy and normal yeah um and yeah I think it's it's taken me a while to get to that point where I'm kind of regularly exercising and putting that emphasis on movement and eating healthily and eating often and not avoiding food um and not demonizing exercise and you know like turning it into something that's a chore basically do you feel like through like 
because you've really got into exercising recently, which is well, amazing. I think you have. I think you've done. I think you probably don't give yourself enough credit. Maybe I don't exercise. It's because at all, I do but... one session and then I'm looking in the mirror for the abs. I'm like, where's my Victoria? <laughs> Where those abs at? <laughs> um, do you um, think that's made you embrace your body more? Do you I think, think so. You appreciate it more. I tell you what it is: is that I think if people saw what I did in the gym, they'd be quite surprised. Um, it's not like loads of cardio and stuff all the time. It's a lot of strength training. So actually I feel stronger and more kind of grateful for my body and what it can do because I can lift things um, and I can endure things um, and my stamina is increased with, for different things. Um, but it's not necessarily looking for those like kind of loss in measurements and things like that. Yeah. It's not necessarily looking about how my, it's, it's changing the mental state and then that matches up with what you see in the mirror I think so kind of similar to what I, I I was saying like do you just think that you've had like a change in priorities like instead of measuring your weight loss you kind of are just learning to embrace your body and treating it well basically yeah because I think you've I think people have this thing where they, they maybe look at a slim person and think that they're really healthy but actually when I've been slimmer probably been way unhealthier because I wasn't moving I wasn't eating the right foods whereas now I feel like my body's kind of hit a happy medium and I'm just kind of exercising to to kind of stay toned or whatever you know what I mean it's yeah. just it is what it is and I think I've stopped uh searching for expectations out of the gym which is obviously which is obviously fine to have how did you feel about your body in your early 20s to now I'd say it's it's massively changed. Um, I, I I mean, for me, I started high school, which is obviously like a pivoted. Yeah, it's a really yeah, it's um, a really awkward time, time for your body. Yeah, I was going through puberty, um, and it was quite like quite overweight at the time. You know, I loved food. I had a massive appetite. I always had a big appetite for food. And yeah, just love all kinds of foods. You know, some people you meet, they just don't really have a big appetite, and I'm just like. Yeah, where's the food? Like, keep it coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I, to be fair, I'm more like that about sweet things. Yeah, savory, I can take it or leave it. But yeah. you could give me literally love a pancake. A, stack of pancakes. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like a family sized bag of, of of any form of chocolate, and it will be gone in. In I'm ashamed to say minutes, maybe even <laughs> seconds. That's impressive. Yeah, I mean, I started high school. Obviously, as quite um, an overweight child. Um, I wouldn't say I was dangerously overweight, but, you know, it, it could have got to that point where I was putting my health at risk. Um, right. Had I not had that kind of tipping point where I thought, right, you know, I'm going to do something about this. And I, just, you know, made the conscious decision to to start making healthier life choices, started working out with my, with one of my friends, um, started eating more of the right things. And I think I lost quite a lot of weight over the point, in, you know, the period between um, finishing high school and then starting college. And I remember going back to college and, suddenly everybody had these opinions about the way I looked and it was it was quite bizarre really looking back on it because it was almost like I was more accepted now that I was a more of a socially acceptable size shall we say you know so when I mean? you were slimmer in uni <clears throat> when I when I started college um when I'd lost quite a bit of weight um started getting more do you think that was in your head though or do you think that was that was actually well it was it was more like suddenly, suddenly boys like... that hadn't given me the time of day right. like oh, okay hi. for sure yeah and I'd had my braces off and it was almost like ugly duckling to I hate to use the word ugly but ugly duckling to kind of the swan yeah maybe not quite a swan but <laughs> <laughs> I, um, that was a time in my life where I'd started developing restrictions around food and uh, it had kind of gone it tipped the opposite way it had gone from kind of binge eating to yeah. restriction and 
obsessing and probably a bit of body dysmorphia as well. Um, so it, it was weird to me to be complimented on what was essentially poor mental health beneath the surface. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It, I think it's good to go back and analyze these kind of things. Oh, a hundred. And learn from them. Um, and yeah, I, I try to just not overthink it too much anymore. I try not to restrict foods now. Um, and just try try to keep us a healthy mindset with it. But obviously, it's easier said than done, especially yeah. with the job that we do. Uh, but yeah, what about you? How would you say your perception of your body and confidence um, has changed? Massively, I think, <clears throat> over the years. I think it's like you said, I think the older you get, the more you go back and reflect on it and the more hindsight's a wonderful thing and you realise like maybe <clears throat> um, certain um, habits you had or the perception of your body you had was completely unhealthy. I think, um, I think because this is a, a podcast on body and body mm-hmm. image, I need to be really honest and say that I think well from the age of about 18 to um not maybe not even that long ago the last few years I've had a really toxic relationship with food um mainly when I a bit like you it was when I started mine was when I started uni so not Mm. college so maybe a little bit older um and I basically just um lost a little bit of weight Mm -hmm. I'd actually gained a little bit of weight from the pill nothing nothing bad at all but I noticed it within myself um, so when I started uni, I started dieting and I guess the weight loss just becomes a little bit addictive and feeling good about yourself becomes addictive. When you say diet, what, what kind of diets were you doing? Oh yeah, I say diet, but I'm using that term very loosely because <clears throat> it wasn't a diet. It was just basically skipping meals. Right. Um, and by skipping meals, I mean some days it could literally be just eating like a very small meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to point out, I don't by any means want to glamorize this because no, like I said, I look back in hindsight at how unhealthy it was. Um, and then it became obsessing about measuring myself. So measuring, you know, like my legs or my arms and mm-hmm. um, constantly weighing myself, but to the point where you're weighing yourself on a daily basis. Yeah. And it's, it's silly. Not, yeah. One of the things I did actually um, a couple of years ago was just got rid of my scales just completely. Oh. Um, and my it's personal trainer asks things me do. sometimes, she's like, how much do you weigh, you know, so we can kind of monitor it. And I'm just yeah. like, I've got I can't tell you and I, I don't want to tell you I don't, but I don't it, want to know it's just yeah I, I don't think it's helpful really obviously there's some circumstances where it's helpful yeah to know what you weigh um so if you're diet I think if you're dieting responsibly um and you're you're doing all the right things and you want yeah. you want to see a weight loss then that's amazing because it does encourage you but for me I mean for I, me, I judge it by clothes like am I can I fit into my favorite pair of yeah. jeans or you know that way I'd rather look at it that way than get on do scale I feel good within myself feel intimidated by this number staring yeah. back at me that has no um connection to my self-worth or I don't want to be defined by a number on on you which scales. can fluctuate so yeah. I would like when I was about 19 I would weigh myself and if I was say like um a pound heavier mm. than a few days before because maybe I'd you know I'd I'd eaten something that day yeah exactly that's what I mean and maybe I I drank a little more that day I'd almost punish myself for it and um I'm not gonna lie I feel like I don't want to call it a bad habit because it's obviously more than a bad habit it's a it's a really bad mental state to be in let's call it what it is it's maybe an well it's an eating disorder yeah you know I would do things like I would I'd lie to my family and my friends like yeah my mum would be like 
have you had what have you had for tea and I'd you know I'd been out all day and I'd been like oh I, I was out with this person and, I, and we went and it, we, ain't, we had a pizza and I'm absolutely stuffed and when it reaches that point like that's not good because mm. all of that kind of covering up and lying and over analyzing makes you feel basically more rubbish than the weight you're losing mm-hmm. so it was like a, a constant um tug of war between losing weight and that making you feel good in inverted commas and then feeling weird embarrassed um like you're hiding things from your friend and family making you feel rubbish do you feel like if you look back over the kind of span of your body image journey let's call it do you feel like there was a moment where there was a big turning point or like a big hurdle that you faced or an issue that you overcame that has helped you to kind of be more relaxed about it now and be more comfortable in your own skin definitely I think like like I said I don't want to call it a bad habit because it's obviously more than that but I think it is a bad habit that's hard to shape Mm -hmm. and I'd be lying if I said that I don't have moments now where I'm still funny about my what I eat um, and maybe being a bit over pedantic with it Mm -hmm. but I think it was just reaching a point where I became more accepting of my body you know I am naturally slim you know you have people around you who if you have the right people around you as well like you know my my friends my family my boyfriend who were saying you you know you look perfect as you are I think it's all about I think this is another issue as well is that I think there's a lot of people in society that think that the size you are has something to do with it and it's nothing to do with body image at all it's how you see yourself yeah it's it's a control mechanism yeah, it it's is, a way yeah. of controlling your self-esteem because I look at people some of my friends who I think god you're perfect and I'd kill for your body but I'm very aware that they have massive insecurities and that they, they cover up themselves or certain parts of themselves as we do that they're not fond of and you know so on and so forth and it's it's just it's nothing to do with the way you look do you feel like you've reached a point where you're just more sort of, you don't care as much about people's opinions? I think I 100% care about what people think um, to an extent. Um, like you say, obviously, if you've got good people around you, you that stuff becomes background noise to an extent. Yeah. But obviously, our jo- a lot of our job is based around what people think of us. And I think that's a good point. Do you think our jobs, because obviously both got the same job, but do you think your job affects the way you see your image, 100%. your body image even? Uh, 100%. I remember actually when I first started a blog and the thing that put me off from, because I started out on Instagram as you did first yeah. and I made my blog off the back of that. But the first hurdle I had to kind of face was working with a photographer and going over those images and working out different poses. It was a whole new world for me and I just remember feeling sick about it I just I, I didn't want to do it I completely empathize with and you and for ages I just used to get my sister to come over and we'd shoot stuff on my iPhone and then I'd use those and then slowly but surely I built up a bit of confidence and started working with people that were um, really encouraging and that had seen all different types of bodies and they were just interested in helping me get like good photographs they didn't yeah. care what my body looked like and so again do you think that was more again in your head rather than followers or you know people commenting on your picture saying you look terrible or whatever do you think again it was it was yeah. internal well I always I try to repeat to myself that growth is often just on the other side of fear and sometimes these things that I really don't want to do if I just do it then something something unclicks in my head and it just kind of slots into place where it should be and it's like oh that was actually okay you can do that again now 
And I think it's the, the way with a lot you of You always kick yourself, don't you, when you do yeah. do it, because you think, damn it, why didn't I do this sooner? And then also, you know, my body image and the way I see myself is massively linked to my mental health. And if I'm having a week where I've just kind of hibernated and I've not done... I've not seen friends, I've not been to the gym, all those different things, they massively help. And the more endorphins I have going around in my body, the less likely I am to kind of dwell on a negative, you know, reflection in the mirror or yeah. what I perceive to be a negative reflection in the mirror. Um, so, yeah, just just making sure that I look after my mental health, I think, and um, trying not to spend too much time um, on social media, which is, e- again, easier said than done when it is kind of our jobs to be on there, at least. I think maybe, I completely agree with you, I think maybe it's not spending less time on it, it's more about trying to stop overthinking it as much i found I don't know if it's the same with you so when I'm posting pictures now of an outfit I like I'm not scrutinizing my body as much in them I'm just being like I like the outfit you know the people who follow you or who seeing that image no one's going to go oh god mm-hmm. you know you're they're never going to notice your the things that you're insecure about they're only going to look at the outfit yeah. and say the outfit's nice no one's going to say oh your body looks hot in that like that's yeah. a weird thing to say do you find yourself comparing yourself more now that you have a job that's primarily exists on social media I think I think you'd be you'd be hard pushed to not do that I think mm. in in the environment we work in because you're oh, okay. a, a, the yeah yeah exactly <laughs> because I think we, you're using a platform which basically enables you to compare yourself constantly because you're trolling through your feed mm-hmm. and you know you fo- you're following other bloggers or other influencers or whatever you want to call them and it's hard for you not to compare yourself mm-hmm. because they're there in front of you yeah you know ready to be compared um but I think it's a it's a definite learning curve I don't know if you found this understanding that the girl next to you is completely different from you and her niches aren't your niches Mm -hmm. and it's learning to accept that your unique unique qualities are special to you and your selling point body wise do you compare yourself because I don't feel like I do that I would probably say I compare myself more creativity wise yeah if I'm having a down week and I see someone doing loads of amazing things I'm often like oh god that's so creative or that's so amazing like what can I do or it makes me feel a bit inadequate almost if I've not been on if I've not been on a really productive kind of spree with my blog and stuff I can often think oh am I doing enough or but so it can be positive as well then so because it can give you the push you need sometimes maybe yeah and one thing I did do is unfollowed a lot of people that were giving me those negative feelings as well you know I I used to follow especially in my teenagers a lot of swimwear models and Victoria's Secret models and stuff like that it wasn't even necessarily that I was connecting with these people. It was just that I wanted to just stare at their bodies to punish myself almost. So I think it's just important to follow people that you connect with on yeah, a personal level. Or you like that. you like what they're having to say or... They resonate yeah, with you. it's something that's not just... It's something that's like beyond skin deep, you know what I mean? It's yeah, just, but yeah, like it's almost like you have not a connection with them, but you, you resonate with them and they're not inobtainable. Yeah. Like I think... Um, you know, nothing against like supermodels or, no. or whatever but uh, swimwear models but um you know their their body type are they are a, a small minority mm. and they're not kind of yeah there's no norm there's no normal body out there and you shouldn't look at their bodies and <clears> think that's normal because it's not it's unique to them yeah and I think you glamorize it in your head as well whereas yeah. I often find if I've got a, me- a connection with someone or I've met someone in real life I, I find that I can compare myself less because I just think oh they're doing great and I feel like I know them on a personal level and it just becomes less about 
these shiny pictures. Yeah, less and about shiny picture. grid. It's more just like, oh, I'm so glad that they're doing that. Do you think social media has played a positive or a negative role in body image um, on the whole for everyone? Because I could debate with myself about this all uh, day long. Yeah, it's. I, I feel like. I feel like whenever there's something new, shit gets bad before it gets good. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, looking back through history, that's that's always generally been the pattern. Like, whenever there's something new, people are fearful of it because they're intimidated of it. Um, and then there's a stage where we're working out how to use it to our advantage. Yeah. And then there's a point where we have to reanalyze how we're using it and think, right, we're actually not doing a very good job of this. How can we improve this to make sure people aren't, you know, at risk? And I think we're starting to see that now with all the kind of body positive, body, I can't say it, body posi, I was going to say, body <laughs> positive, could be an yeah, body positivity movements that are online and all these. Yeah, movements. see, I was yeah. thinking of, I was thinking about this yesterday when I found out that we were going to do the, when we, when me and Alice decided we were going to do the podcast on body image, I started to, you know, have a little mini debate with myself. And I came to the conclusion, actually, I think social media, it can play a negative part, but it's also played a hugely positive part in the way we see body image because Mm -hmm. we're seeing so many different body varieties, body sizes, shapes. Um, There's just Mm -hmm. more diversity out there now. And I think the idea of normal has completely been transformed. Or maybe that's just me being a bit idealistic. No, I I mean, I think it's definitely good to be optimistic about it. Um, But I definitely feel like as much as there is amazing work being done, we still have a a long way to go. And I think that systemically, like it needs to change from the top as well. And a lot of it is brands and who brands are deciding to select and um who brands are deciding to show in campaigns yeah um, there just needs to be more diversity on the whole I feel it's definitely a hot topic at the minute isn't it and it's definitely um yeah people are becoming more aware and conscious of it um and I think there's definitely more I'm saying girls but it could be boys as well talking more candidly mm-hmm. about body image and about trying to change the the format, I mean, Jamil Jamal's, you know, a huge advocate for talking about body positivity. And it's an amazing thing. It's a funny one, though, because on the subject of Jamil Jamal, um, I think she did a tweet the other day. Jamal or Jamil? Jamil. Jamil. Am I saying... Jamil. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. No. Why am I so terrible with names? It's Jamil, Jamil, Jamil. No, it is. It's Jamil, Jamil. Yeah, sorry. Jamil, Jamil. She did a tweet the other day about um, the idea of metabolism bragging. And it was about how, you know, um, a skinny, again, an in inverted commas girl posting a picture of her with her big, a big pizza mm-hmm. and about how that gives the idea that this girl is just naturally skinny and she's eating all those those foods and, you know, her metabolism's just naturally fast mm-hmm. um, and about how, you know, that's false. I've had people in my life like that. Who do can just eat what they yeah. want. I know. And, and they I, actually, they struggle to put on weight and that's an issue of theirs. Yeah, yeah. completely. <clears throat> I, I don't know. It was a funny one for me because I saw this tweet and I agreed with what she was saying. It can be problematic for, you know, a, a very slim girl to say she's eating all this food if she's not. But then I guess from someone who's had a toxic relationship with food, I could also see it on the flip side. Whereas, like I was saying before, I would lie to people and say Mm -hmm. that I'd eaten this huge meal for my own embarrassment. Mm -hmm. So I think there can be a point where we need to make sure we're including all different um, body issues and body types so that we're not alienating the skinny girls as being the bad guys or vilifying them. But what you've just said is is kind of is how we all need to be thinking really is that you know 
as we are in a time of such big change um, in so many different ways, we need to be able to have conversations that are open and honest. And I think a lot of what we see on Twitter is people broadcasting their opinions and then we see people that are yeah. agreeing with them or that just don't agree with them. And it's almost it, it, it almost becomes this big fight for who's right rather than making space for both sides and seeing yeah. where we can connect in the middle. And I think that's like what you've just said is that you can see it from both sides. Like that's the attitude that we need to take with with body image. And we just need to be understanding that we might not always say the right things um, or do the right things. You know, we're all work in progress because we, we were scared about recording this podcast, for example. Yeah, we were. Because, you know, just from in, you know, these kind of high cancel culture times, when we're writing blog posts, we're the same, aren't you? you? You end up putting so much emphasis on whether you're using the right words or whether you're going to offend somebody. And sometimes that stops you from having the conversation at all, which is just so damaging. And it's, yeah. it's, it's going to stop us progressing in so many ways. So I think it's just important to be to be brave, have the conversations, but also be conscious of who we might be affecting, you know, along yeah, the way. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, I guess... Not every opinion can be an, an informed opinion mm-hmm. because it's your gut instinct. Yeah. But I think it's having more, what's the word? I can't think what the word awareness. is. <laughs> yeah, awareness or just more kind of, I can't think of what the word is. So there we go. Just to be open-minded, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, and th- know that your experience isn't is going to be different to somebody yeah, else's. isn't the only experience. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So you, On a more positive note, how do you find... Um, how do you personally combat these negative pressures from society or from social media and things like that? How do you try to be positive in your kind of day-to-day approach? I feel like I'm glad you asked that question because I feel like maybe we're getting really negative and not saying anything um, productive. I think it's just, it's. I mean, I feel like I need to, I feel like a broken record, but I think it is just about embracing your body. I mean, you said it before about your clothes being like, they're what make you feel comfortable. And it's true, they are. They're like your second skin. I've now reached a point where I wear what makes me feel comfortable. And we were just having this conversation, weren't we, about wearing, you know, clothes for going out and how we always feel a bit, maybe a bit rubbish in them. And it's because that's not what we feel comfortable in. And I think it's just about accepting who you are, your personality, and and just owning what you wear and being like, this is me. Um, I, I know that's easier said than done, but that's been a that's been a huge part in how I've sort of become more happy about yeah. my body. Well, for some people it is fashion, for some people it's exercise, um, for some people it's meditation. Like whatever your hobby is, yeah, has the power to affect how you feel about yourself. And your yeah, body image, it? So. no, completely. And I think it's all it's a state of mind, isn't it? Mm. Basically, and I think the other thing for me is um, just you know, still, still being conscious of what I eat, but not um, purging myself of anything. Mm. So still eating everything I want, but just in moderation. Whereas I feel like when I was younger, it was all or nothing. Either binge on a pizza Mm. and this or whatever and that, or I would eat nothing basically. Yeah. I mean, because you've, you've got personal trainer sessions now. What gave you the kick up the bum to actually go out and do that? Well, I know we said that fashion is obviously like a vice for us both and styling can massively help, you know, the way we look at ourselves in the mirror and things like that. But for me, I was kind of, I was getting to that age where I was starting to feel a bit guilty about it almost, that I was relying on materialistic and outer things to affect the way I was feeling about myself inwardly. Yeah. So I thought, what can I do from the inside that's going to make me feel the way clothes make me feel? That's a nice analogy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um 
so I just decided to start exercising because obviously people wax lyrical about how important it is and how it can massively change their mental health and for me I just don't think I'd quite ever done enough exercise <laughs> to get to that point where I get those endorphins and I get that high of it um but yeah just just trying to introduce that that movement and you know I notice patterns of behavior now that if I, like I said earlier if I've sat for too long or I've fested or hibernated for too long in the flat or whatever I know that I need to get out and just even just go for a walk or see a friend or go for coffee yeah. whatever it is just get myself out of that negative that state of yeah, mind where you tend to fester and it's just becomes yeah. a spiral then I think so. do you feel like with the more <clears throat> exercise that you've started to do the more it it's kind of like a domino effect of the more you want to do and the more you can see I the... mean I, I wish I could be the type of person that wants to, to work out every day at 6am and then comes home and writes two blog posts and has a really productive day but it's 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 a struggle like most of the time I'm lay in bed half an hour before thinking should I just cancel it and I'm looking for an excuse like I'm looking around the room thinking what what can my excuse be <laughs> I'm like checking in on myself like I've got a headache maybe a small fever like <laughs> what can my excuse be I just it's a constant battle um I'm not a naturally I, I love um unorganized exercise you know like take me rock climbing or zip wiring any day fun like, exercise. Yeah, exercise I love I think I'd really enjoy hiking as well if I, if I was to live somewhere like LA or somewhere where I, hike I could bit. see you hiking yeah. I'm glad you couldn't <laughs> I wouldn't be there with you from the bottom of the, the hill like or the mountain. You could bring her. Do you know what? I like a walk. Right. I like a good walk. <laughs> I like a walk. But, but you don't like an incline. On the list, all the same. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Things get tougher when you throw an incline into the mix. Um, I'm, I'm not an uphill lover, to be honest. Um, but you'd be willing. Well, it's the treat at the end that I like. So the view. The view, yeah. The <laughs> yeah. View. Um, there's something to look forward to, you know, whereas, um, I mean, my gym, I sound like woe is me but my, my gym is literally across the road so there's no excuse for me not to get up but it's that once I'm there you can't you can't be stuck in traffic yeah and I heard someone say once I don't know who it was um that you will never regret a workout it's like one of the things you you won't regret unless you yeah. happen to maybe break a bone that session <laughs> yeah. you never come out of the gym thinking oh I wish I'd spent that hour doing something else so you, you're always glad that you've done it but that's it though Gyms can be quite intimidating places for a lot of people. I think that's why I don't go to the gym, yeah. because it scares me. Well, I've cancelled so many um, gym memberships. Um, this gym that I go to in particular is like an old CrossFit gym. So there's no mirrors, there's no kind of people posing or filming themselves. It's literally, you go in, you get the job done, and you leave. And that's what I kind of like about it. So finding somewhere that's suited to, to what your needs are and what you're comfortable with is half the battle, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean... You kind of mentioned this before. For me, having a dog is, mm. I mean, buying a dog is an expensive <laughs> way to get exercise into your daily routine, but it, it does get me out of the house. Yeah. So on those days when you, you know, I'm literally just sat in front of my laptop, it's that hour I need to get out and just give myself fresh air, have a little bit of a move about. Well, I think this is why people with pets are generally happier because I think everybody needs an excuse, even on a low level, to get up in the morning. Like yeah. everybody needs to know that, right, I've got to do this at 10 a.m., I've got to do, I've got to be here at 12. Like everybody needs those, even if they're minute things, reasons to get up and to, to be active and just to go about your day, really. So, yeah, I, I definitely want a puppy really badly. <laughs> hey, I've said it before, I'll say it again. You can borrow a pet, but it's, I don't wish you to have him for more than a day because he will go missing. Um, 
I don't know about you, but I feel like the conclusion of this discussion is that body image, and maybe this is stating the obvious, and I hope I don't sound patronising here, it's, it is more of a state of mind than it is a physical being of 100%. losing weight or getting more toned or whatever it is. Yeah. It, it's all how you feel inwardly. It's not like a kind of tangible image of your body and how it, and how it looks. It's the way that your head's connecting up with what you see in the mirror. Yeah. And you can be the same size as when you felt crappy about yourself. But if you've changed something in your mental state, 100% you will like what you see in the mirror more. And I think that's that's definitely what I've learned is to, you know, focus less on inches and what the number on the scale says and focus more on my mental health and yeah. how that's impacting the way I'm treating my body essentially I think I definitely agree with that I think body image is a work in progress for everyone mm-hmm. um and I think there aren't many people out there who are going to say I feel 100% happy about my body yeah you've kind of hit the nail on the head I think it's about working from your happiness within yeah 100% I, I also feel like the happier you are the less you dwell on the way you look and... yeah I feel like you get your, your priorities are in check a bit yeah, more 100% you know like when you're having when you think you're having a bad hair day normally it's just you're in a bad mood it's like I know this is a really trivial uh, comparison but I always think it's like, you know, when you go and get your hair cut, like you've mm. got an appointment with the hairdressers, before you go, you'll always have a good hair day. And it's, hair. yeah, and it's, it is, it's like you've worked yourself up. It's yeah. completely in your head. I mean, you might be having a good hair day, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? It always so happens that it happens when you've got a hairdressing appointment. That was like a little brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> Just reminds me of the, uh, the episode of Fleetback when your sister gets a haircut. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that does look bad. I know it doesn't. <laughs> if anyone's got like an asymmetrical well, walk up, it's just hilarious because we've all been there, haven't we? When she's like, it's not just hair. <laughs> yeah. To kind of wrap things up, do you think that um, we have a responsibility, or all of us that use social media, almost have a responsibility to open up about body image um, online? I think there's a time and a place for it, maybe. Like, yeah. I've never spoken up before about um the fact that a few years ago I had a really funny relationship with food because mm. it just didn't feel it didn't feel relevant and it well, I wasn't ready to share that information I think your body image and eating habits and exercising habits are very personal to you yeah and there's um, that whole argument of being authentic trying to be authentic yeah. for the sake of of be oh yeah of just <laughs> saying it for the sake of saying it yeah um and I completely respect um all of those girls out there who are really open and honest about body image and they're leading the movement yeah exactly um and this conversation we're having now I hope people agree with us and it's done maybe some good I think we have a responsibility of being honest but but there's a fine line well yeah um especially when you're going through so like recently you know that I started therapy um, and therapy is something that I think everybody can benefit from you know and, and it's a big thing in America isn't it like people people go you to therapy really in America about it though, weren't you, to I was with. nervous because I was I was just nervous just telling a stranger your life story is just a yeah. bit of a weird dynamic to start with um but you know a lot of Americans will go to therapy even when they've had a good day it's just it's part of their routine and yeah. they're much more open in that sense like going to meditation or yoga or yeah. it's like and I think as I've started therapy I've found that I've become a little bit withdrawn online and I've not wanted to share as much as I normally would and I think that's what we've got to remember in terms of like 
body positivity and stuff like that is that just because people are sharing images of fashion or travel or things like that it doesn't mean that they don't have these insecurities going on behind the scene and the point that I'm trying to make is I think sometimes or what I've learned especially in the last couple of years is that when I'm going through something where I don't quite know what the end goal is going to be yet and I'm working on myself for me then to share that online puts me in quite a vulnerable position because yeah. I don't have the answers therefore it can't be constructive to somebody else so it's actually that quite point. irresponsible exactly you. yeah that's actually a really good analogy I, I yeah I think you've kind of you've hit the nail on the head there because I, I I I'd say that's not to use excuses mm. but I think maybe that's why I've never opened up before because I'd almost feel like opening up about it would be irresponsible because I wouldn't know how to put it into words and also I wouldn't know what the um what the, what the answer would yeah. be yeah and it's kind of how people say that you should await and write your memoirs and your autobiography you know later on in life because then you can wrap things up and almost say this is what I've learned from that whereas yeah. if you're going through the thick of something how can you possibly have a solution for that in a responsible yeah. way? So I think it's important to remember that we've, we've all got things going on behind the scenes. Most people that you meet in life will have had some sort of insecurity when it when you bring up body image. But it doesn't mean that just because they're not talking about it, that they don't have something to say. Yeah. Um, I think the moral of the story is I think we, do, we, we all need to be open and honest. But in, at our own in the, pace. Yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is a, nice, a nice little conversation that we've had here. Um, thank you for tuning in to this episode and we'll be back soon with a new topic and some new insights some for new you. Insights, some yeah. new worldly insights. <laughs> right, we'll see you next time. See you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye.